today to introduce His Grace Ravinder Saruparu, one of the pioneers of the Sankirtan movement, one of the earliest disciples of Srila Prabhupada, who's distinguished himself in so many ways it's hard to count. Emeritus GBC member, temple president over many, many decades, and one of the uh, great thinkers of this time, who has led the way in philosophically guiding the movement itself in many of its most difficult periods of time uh, through his uh, pr profound writing. He's, he's given direction and light to the entire ISKCON movement. And for longest time we've desired to have him come out and now here he is before us. We welcome everyone who's joined us online this morning and all the devotees who are on their way driving here. Please don't break the speed limit. <laughs> we thank you very much, Rudis Rukuru, for making this journey out here, even though it's a very busy time in moving from one uh, ashram to another. Uh, you just m move locations, but still he took the time to fly all the way out here. So, since there's eight of us here and not 80 right now, to give him a welcome, we're going to have to make up for it by giving him the, the warmest, loudest ISV welcome in the history of ISV. We welcome His Grace Rabindra Prabhu. Of interpretation, especially of scripture. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it comes from the, the uh, Greek Hermes, Latin Mercury, the, the deity in charge of speech, writing, and traffic, and communication. Uh, so that's the idea. So uh, uh, the Oxford English Dictionary does this very useful thing sometimes is give uh, instances of usage over the years. So for hermeneutics, for example, they cite an 1843 usage. Uh, uh, the meaning of the word hermeneutics is defined this way. The meaning of all language, written or spoken, is developed by the application of general laws generally termed hermeneutics. Uh, in 1871, uh, somebody writing about primitive cultures said, no legend is safe from the hermeneutics of a thoroughgoing mythologic theorist. Uh, turns out Prabhupada's not safe either uh, from those people on, uh, criticizing uh, what Prabhupada does. And interesting, in uh, 67, uh, religious theorist named Macquarie in a book called God Talk said, we could say that the that history is the hermeneutic of historical existence, or even that physics is the hermeneutics of nature. Interesting. So there's a, a wide application for that, that particular uh, idea of hermeneutics. There's actually a whole field called philosophical hermeneutics. But, uh, so Prabhupada did this very interesting thing. Uh, his translation and commentary on Bhagavad Gita has got this Bhagavad Gita as it is, which is a big red flag <laughs> for a lot of people who, uh, uh, but Prabhupada meant it. So he, for example, in the beginning of the preface to Bhagavad Gita as it is, he says, he writes, it's, it is only that I have tried to present Bhagavad Gita as it is without any adulteration. Before my presentation of Bhagavad Gita as it is, almost all the English editions of Bhagavad Gita were introduced to fulfill someone's personal ambition. But our attempt in presenting Bhagavad Gita as it is is to present the mission of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. Our business is to present the will of Krishna. Our only purpose is to present this Bhagavad Gita as it is in order to guide the conditioned student to the same purpose for which Krishna descended to this planet once in a day of Brahma. So already you got this idea of the day of Brahma. What is that? <laughs> uh, he says the purpose is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, and we have to accept it as it is. Otherwise, there's no point in trying to understand the Bhagavad Gita and its speaking. So, so speaker, so Prabhupada's talking, you know, how to understand it. 
To interpret Bhagavad Gita without any reference to the will of Krishna is the greatest offense. Uh, in order to save oneself from this offense, one has to understand the Lord as the Supreme Personality of Godhead as he was directly understood by Arjuna, Lord Krishna's first disciple. So there it is, because when the Bhagavad Gita is not just an essay, it, it's spoken, and somebody was hearing and that person responded in a certain way. Uh, and Prabhupada says, and again in his introduction, uh, he says, therefore Arjuna tells Krishna that he accepts whatever he says to be completely perfect. Sarvam etakritammani, I accept everything you say to be true. Uh, and therefore, Prabhupada says, Bhagavad Gita should be taken up in a spirit of devotion. One should not think that he's equal to, uh, to Krishna. In the person who is trying to understand the Bhagavad Gita, we should at least theoretically accept Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm -hmm. uh, unless one reads Bhagavad Gita in a submissive spirit, it's very difficult to understand Bhagavad Gita because it is a great mystery. So there has to be some you know, initial uh, degree of faith. And, uh, and, uh, And here again, I'm, here, I'm taking now, this is from a lecture Prabhupada gave in, in 72 in Hyderabad on the Bhagavad Gita 2.13, Prabhupada said, uh, uh, he quotes uh, Prabhupada, uh, Krishna, Aham Adya Hidevanam, Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo Mata Sarvam Bhavartate. If we do not accept Bhagavad Gita in terms of the statements given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then it is useless. It is simply a waste of time. You cannot make any commentary of your poor knowledge. There's nothing very difficult to understand in the Bhagavad Gita. It is written very simple Sanskrit words. That's true. The Sanskrit is really, really simple. I mean, you can read Bhagavad Gita after a year of Sanskrit. Then you go to Bhagavatam and you go, ah. <laughs> uh, it is very simple Sanskrit words. Everything is very clear, as clear as the sunlight. <coughs> Where is the question of showing up the sunlight or the sun god with your lamp? Self-luminous. Yeah. So therefore, you get, those are kind of basic principles of scriptural understanding that Prabhupada gives like that. The text is infallible. You have to accept it like that. You have to receive it from the proper authorities. That some kind of faith is a prerequisition, a precondition for understanding it. Um, so therefore, here's a scholar, religion, Eric Sharp. Uh, wrote a book called The Universal Gita. And he mentions Prabhupada's Gita in there. And this is what he writes. He says, in short, the Bhagavad Gita as it is remains substantially an impression of what a particular corner of the Hindu world a 
imagines that it is. Imagines in italics. But because of the great energy and enterprise which went into the furtherance of the Krishna cause in the 1960s and the 1970s, it creates an impression which was altogether more concentrated than that emerging from any other branch of the neo-Hindu movement in the West. <laughs> A body of devotees was created prepared to treat the Gita precisely as the Christian revivalist world of a century earlier had treated the Bible with no greater or lesser justification. So here's a supposed scholar of religion going to take one thing from the Christian world, which is Christian fundamentalism, and, and he uses the word precisely the same. What an idiot. I have to say, I mean, it's just, I mean, for somebody who's a scholar of religion, they ought to have a little more discernment of, you know. So th that's it. You take what Prabhupada said, and, oh yeah, this is simply Christian fundamentalism with a Hindu uh, uh, transformation. Uh, so th this is our, our, our Purva Paksha, you know, the other side. The, uh, who we have to uh, uh, deal with, uh, that Prabhupada's principles are simply uh, the, the same. And, and, it, and not, neither do I think Shakyamuni even understands Christian fundamentalism, where that comes from, and, or, or even what is supposedly his area of expertise. So, but it's true, I mean, Prabhupada put the, the flag up there, you know, he did say Bhagavad Gita as it is, and he wasn't. And by the way, there, there is uh, somebody who has written a, a book called Bhagavad Gita as it was. <laughs> <laughs> to understand it in its proper historical context, uh, and all these uh, other kind of things. Uh, 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 this is going on, but uh, uh, it's, it's true that Prabhupada, uh, you know, he, he liked to be provocative uh, uh, and uh, left it for us to deal with the repercussions of that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 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 yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to look at this Bhagavatam here. This is uh, Canto 1, Chapter 3. Uh, Krishna is the source of all incarnation. And, and this, is, this is an interesting uh, text. Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this chapter, because it has Ete Chamsakalapam Sam Krishna's two Bhagavan Swami. Uh, which, according to Jiva Goswami, that particular text is uh, known as the Parimasa Sutra uh, of, of the Bhagavatam. Now, th this is actually very traditional um, uh, 
hermeneutics in the sense that there are uh, understanding of principles for understanding uh, scripture uh, uh, that comes from the Jainan, the sage Jainan, the, the uh, Purva Mamamsa. Uh, and there, in, in a culture of uh, in the idea of sacrifice, uh, uh, in a culture of, because Jainan was the, 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 the Karma Mamamsa, uh, and the sage dealing with that. And so, how to understand the injunctions of Shastra? Uh, and so, there's a whole science there of, uh, of taking the Vedic text and understanding it properly. And, and we use that uh, uh, quite a bit. So, Jiva Goswami, writing in the uh, uh, Krishna Sandarbha, uh, uh, defines it. I'm taking this from Shivaram Swami, uh, 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 book Shuddha Bhakti Chintamani, in the sixth chapter. He says this about this Paribhasa Sutra. Uh, he says, uh, Paribhasa uh, Sutra is an unequivocal statement that establishes the theme of a text in which there may be apparently unrelated or even contradictory statements. Uh, and he goes on, Srila Jiva Goswami gives an, an elaborate and fascinating argument in this Krishna Sandarva or the Satsandarvas under Cheta 29 to establish that the Paribhasha Sutra of Srimad Bhagavatam is the shloka beginning, Ete Chamsa Kalakrim Sam. Remember that in this text that there have been many enumerations of various avatars. And then it says, all of these are, are kala uh, or amshas, parts or plenary parts. But Krishna is Bhagavan Swayam, Bhagavan himself. In his Krishna Sandarva comment, so this this is considered to be the, the, the thesis statement of Bhagavatam. In his Krishna Sandarva commentary, Jiva Goswami gives the following definition. A Paribhasha Sutra explains the proper method for understanding a book. It gives the key by which way one may understand the true purport of a series of apparently unrelated facts and arguments. Thus, if the direct meaning of a statement seems to contradict the Paribhasha Sutra, then such a statement should be interpreted in such a way that it conforms to the governing theme of the Paribhasa Sutra. Vishnu Chakravarti says, commenting on Bhagavatam 1 3, 28, the same. He says, uh, the Paribhasha statement situated in one place lights up the whole scripture just as a lamp lights up the whole house. He says, uh, this sutra appears in one of the work, once in the work, and is not continually repeated. 
Oh, you mean, oh, it's just one text. Why are you taking it? Though there are millions of statements in the scripture, this sutra controls them all like a king. Thus, statements which contradict the sutra must be explained so they agree with the sutra. This is because these contradict contrary statements are weak, since they belong to secondary, to secondary subjects in the work, and because the sutra statement is strong, being supported by Shruti. Thus, these statements should be harmonized with the sutra by giving them another meaning according to uh, the, uh, the rule. And he is quotes a statement here from Jaimana Sutra. Uh, so uh, that, that's the idea of this Paribhasha, uh, the sutra. And of course, uh, Prabhupada follows along in, in, the, in, in the same lines with this and then you'll notice in this chapter, and it's also very good when reading Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, you go to, a, go to a temple and they're doing one verse, and one verse, we kind of deal with the verses discreetly, but, but when studying Bhagavatam, you really have to look at the whole context that occurs in. And so this, the context of this chapter is, is quite important uh, uh, because uh, here we've had the, the Paribhasa Sutra, uh, and, uh, uh, which is text 28, which we just discussed on, uh, discussed about this. And then it says in 29, whoever carefully recites the mysterious appearances of the Lord with devotion in the morning and the evening gets relief from all miseries of life, which is very interesting, that just to do this does something for you. Then it mentions the Virat Purusha, one of the forms of the Lord that's kind of secondary and not so important. Uh, so there's the, the gross form of the Lord, and there the the, uh, the transcendent forms of the Lord. Uh, and then uh, uh, and then describes goes on to describe the Lord as the absolute truth, that is to say, the ultimate source of all energies, from which everything comes. Uh, and then the book talks about itself. After describing uh, the... Uh, uh, and remember where this is, take, this is taking place, right after the, the disappearance of, Lord, of the Lord, He's gone now. Uh, they're, they're dealing with the shock of the Lord's having, having left. And so therefore it says that uh, it talks idam bhagavatam nama, this is text 40, 1 through 40. Puranam brahma samitam. This uh, shumad bhagavatam, this idam bhagavatam, uh, 
is Brahma Samitam, which Prabhupada translates as the literary incarnation of God. It's a, another form of the Lord. Uh, so we've talked about different forms of the Lord, and so now this, this very Bhagavatam is another form. Uh, uh, compiled by Vyasadeva, uh, meant for the ultimate good of all people, all successful, all blissful, all perfect purpose. Vyasadeva delivered it to his son, uh, uh, who extracted the cream of Vedic literatures. Uh, then uh, 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 Sukadeva uh, delivered it to Maharaj Parikshit. Uh, uh, of course, this is Sutta Goswami speaking to the sages of Namajiranda Paras. And then he says, text 43, this Bhagavata Purana is as brilliant as the sun and has risen just after the departure of Lord Krishna to his own abode, accompanied by religion, knowledge, etc. Persons who have lost their vision due to the dense darkness of ignorance in the age of Kali shall get light from this Purana. Now we can understand when Prabhupada came to America, he had trunks full of the first canto of Bhagavatam that he brought with him. This is, this is the reason uh, that he brought it. Uh, it's the one, uh, I mean, just thinking about the, the, those boxes of Bhagavatams. Uh, coming now uh, to illuminate the West. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, so Krishna has uh, departed. The Bhagavat, as he goes down, the Bhagavatam comes up. Uh, and, and, and so we shall get light uh, from this Purana. And then we have text 44. Tatra kirtayato vitra vitrasher puri tejasaha aham jadyagamam tatra nishta tatrahat sohamba shabanish O learned Brahmanas, when Shukadeva Goswami recited the Bhagavatam there, that is to say in the presence of friction, I heard him with rapt attention, and thus by his mercy I learned the Bhagavatam from that great and powerful sage. Now I shall try to make you hear the very same thing as I learned it from him and as I have realized it. So this text then, and Prabhupada's purport, is basically our instructions how we should understand this text. Because here's, a, here's the answer. The Bhagavatam is a as a reason. We have now a little bit of one after the other, the parampara, the literal meaning of parampara, one after the other, uh, that has already happened. And, and Prabhupada has already, uh, as he will speak, uh, mentions the simple succession, that he has come into succession and wants to continue the succession. And, and, and 
we, Prabhupada brought the books with him, but we will understand how he had to create the audience for the books. And so that how, how the message is transmitted is already given in the book itself. So when Prabhupada comments on this text now, um, so he, he's saying here, uh, uh, Sutta Goswami, I was there, which is good news for all these people uh, who gathered, they want to perform some kind of sacrifice because Kali Yuga has begun, we should do something. And as it turns out their sacrifice, their yajna that they're going to perform, is in Sankirtan. Uh, by the way, uh, the word Sankirtan should be properly understood. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll, before we go any further, let me just let me just backtrack a little bit on, 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 on that word. We are Something is done uh, completely, perfect, thoroughly. Uh, uh, that's the idea of sun. If you look it up in the Sanskrit dictionary, Mother Williams Dictionary, uh, they say that the, the prefix sun, uh, with, together with, along with, and it, when it's used as a prefix, as it's in Sankirtan, it expresses conjunction, union, thoroughness, intensity, and completeness. So all of those things should be there. Not that, 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 that we're doing this as a group effort together, unified. It's not just when you go out on the streets that there's Sankirtan. Uh, but here, when devotees are together, uh, speaking about Krishna, that's also Sankirtan. And, and it's done completely, thoroughly, uh, intensely. So this is the Yuga Dharma, right? the Sankirtan Yajna, the sacrifice uh, for the age. Uh, so that Sankirtan, if you're doing it thoroughly, completely, <laughs> intensely.
it means that we are conducting everything in some way or another that we do is in the association of devotees. If you, sometimes you have to be by yourself, but being by yourself is often bad association. <laughs> your own mind, right? Your enemy. Before it's been converted, it's your worst enemy. Uh, 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 so, so that's part of our, our sanctum, and he uses the the word. Yashna. Now, the, the case going to be made, uh, the word Yashna, uh, people think of it as a religious performance, as a religious ritual. Uh, it, because the basic meaning of the word is, is to worship or to uh, perform a sacrifice. Uh, you have priests, uh, you have a yajamana, that person to whom the benefits of a sacrifice accrues. Uh, 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 so so when, a, when, a, when, a, when a sacrifice uh, takes place, uh, uh, all those things have to be there. They're, they're, and the Vedic sacrifice was a cultural technique, very much so. Uh, in fact, we, material sciences have come out of the culture of sacrifice. For example, to perform a sacrifice, uh, you need a lot of geometry because because you have to have uh, you have to have the right place. And then the, the, everything is exact. You know, the, the, the sacrificial pit has to be such a certain size, so you have to have a lot of geometry. And you have to have a lot of astronomy because the, 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 the time has to be exactly correct. So therefore you get astronomy. Uh, and, and, and so this so-called material sciences originally because of the precision and you get linguistics because, you know, uh, I mean, if you look at the Sanskrit alphabet, it's not, the English alphabet, A, B, C, D, what is that? But in Sanskrit, you get the vowels and they come from here. Somebody has looked exactly how sound is articulated in what places of the mouth and, and, and lined them up you go from the back to the front. What an alphabet. And I, I must say, you know, when the Europeans discovered Sanskrit, it blew their minds. And it created a, 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 a kind of cultural crisis for them. Because they gradually recognized this was the mother tongue of Latin and Greece, which was their you know, sacred languages for the, the intellectuals. And this is where it came from. And they had done things better. Now, of course, they were Europeans, and they thought themselves to be culturally superior to these little brown guys running around in oversized diapers. <laughs> anyway. 
sudden they have this, you know, this superior. And therefore, you know, they came up with this idea that the Aryans came down from somewhere else further north. And, and uh, anyway, that's another thing. But uh, uh, yeah, it's a it, 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 brilliant science of linguistics that it all starts from the sacrifice. So really, they study Vedic sacrifice in the religion departments, but it wasn't. It's much more like a science, a science today. Like for example, the brahmanas had to be pure. You you just this is like if you you do a chemistry experiments, you, your test tubes have to be clean. Any contaminant gets in. Even a little bit of contaminant can blow the whole thing. So you have to be really good to have all extraneous things out. So when a brahmana had to do a sacrifice, he had to be clean. He had to be able to pronounce the words precisely, correctly, you know, and his mind had to be pure. So what, 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 they were, what, what a scholar would call ritual purity is just purity. It's just cleanliness for a particular kind of sacrifice. Now, the other thing the sacrifice was very potent was mantra. I have a book in my shelves called, well, it's boxed away now, but I had a book on my shelf called Understanding Mantras. And it says that the mantras present a, 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 a particular challenge to today's scholar, it says. Because it says, we don't believe in magic. He says, we don't believe in magic. The idea that mantras may have potency, we don't believe in magic. Most of us don't even pray. He said. So this is the challenge. How to understand mantras when we don't believe in magic. Because to them, magic. But magic means simply an archaic science that you don't know how to work it anymore. That's the other thing. You see, we always think we're advanced in the modern world. You know, we know more than our ancestors. But the fact that people may actually know how to do mantras and the mantras may actually work, that is, you can say a word and something will happen, they will be efficacious. They can't do it. Why can't they do it? How they live. They don't have the proper laboratory conditions under which to do these things. For thousands and thousands of years in India, people performing sacrifices, and it was worthwhile to fund them because people were getting results. I mean, sacrifices are expensive. You had the Yajamana, the one to whom the uh, the benefits of the sacrifice accrued, and that was the king. They were not deluded by a bunch of priests. They got things. Things worked. So, well, people have these kind of unexamined presuppositions. So, uh, a sacrifice, a yajna, is a science. It's, it's a science we can't do anymore. <coughs> Uh, the conditions are not favorable anyway, so the, the, the yajna for today is Sankirtan. That's the one that will 
uh, work for us uh, under these times and uncertain. But it, it, it is a yajna, it's an efficacious sacrifice. And I, like, I quite believe, by the way, personally, that it's been quite efficacious. And as Al already had, uh, yeah, as Al already had cultural effects. Uh, when when the, when when the San, Sankirtan starts to really have its effect on the culture, what you will see is what we're beginning to see, in fact, we're forcing, was polarization. Some people. Uh, will become more in one direction, and they're the people that will hate it, and they will be in the other direction. There will be there, there will be polarization, and Prabhupada actually can 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 confirm this uh, because he once predicted that then in the future there will be uh, some kind of which he described as a second battle of Kurukshetra. He says, he said to me personally, I was in the room with him, he said, there should be a war. He said, these wars where the demons fight the demons, they don't accomplish anything. But if you have a war on one side is devotees and the other side demons, then it's Krishna consciousness. Actually, Prabhupada's really, we had a political party once. And then God, we trust party for purified leaders, and we had some from Balabhata and myself were in the room in Prabhupada. And uh, he said this, therefore there should be a war. He said, he went like this, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Making his fit a pistol. <laughs> then I freaked out. <laughs> uh, this there was no tape recorded on, by the way. This actually happened anyway. Uh, I, I, because I had I'd been in the movement not very long, but there were already some devotees that scared me to death. I said to Prabhupada, you see a day when devotees will command armies and run countries? And he said, yes. So my question I formulated to Prabhupada was, uh, how can we be sure under those conditions that we won't become demons? And Prabhupada's answer was, chant 16 rounds a day and follow the four regular principles. And I said, and that's enough. And he said, yes, that's enough. So I was very happy because he didn't say something vague. It was like, you know, 16-4 numbers <laughs> there. Uh, and the only thing I learned in, uh, in the course of time is that some people will do that for a while and then give up. Uh, so you have to do it in a sustainable way. I, I would add that particular footnote. Uh, 
16 rounds a day in a sustainable way. That is, you have to uh, chant while trying to give up offenses, at least chanting on the, what we call the clearing stage of chanting. Uh, and then it will be efficacious. You don't have to be yet completely pure, but you have to become pure, you have to be improving. Uh, 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 that, that, uh, that's what it said for uh, our, our age. Um, and, and I forgot how I got off into this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so, 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 so this, this Sankirtan movement is supposed to try to change the world. Prabhupada announces this in the beginning of the Bhagavatam. It's a cultural presentation to the re-spiritualization of human society. And it will be re-spiritualized when it is recognized as a science. We've got, we got these compartments, oh, this is science, this is religion. Science deals with truth and power, religion deals with some sentiment, uh, something maybe help you out psychologically a little bit. The real things, we keep it out of government, we keep it out of all the real interesting things like making money having political power. And, and, and of course we do have what Eric Sharp confuses with fundamentalist Christians who want to take political power. We know what that means. And we have fundamentalisms all over the place. Uh, even in the University of Chicago, Martin Martin, the fundamentalist project, because we now have Christian fundamentalists, Jewish fundamentalists, Hindu fundamentalists, by the way, to call that the Hindu Tva. Uh, and, and we're a little different from Hindu Tva. At least I hope so. <laughs> we'll see what happens to our movement in India. <laughs> uh, because the, 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 those Hindu Tva people kind of appreciate us. Uh, I, I recognize when, 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 when Prabhupada brought Western devotees to chant in, in India, that people really appreciated us. And I realized that for a lot of Indian people, they viewed it as just payback. Uh, you know, the, the, the Christians had been converting Hindus to Christianity, now, now we're converting <laughs> Christians to Hindus, you know, all on this very superficial le level. Or even words like Hindu or Christian, you know. I mean, what did Prabhupada say about these terms, Hindu and Christian? They're, 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 they're not real. What, what's the meaning of dharma? Is it this religion or that religion? No, it's what you really are. And, and people are on this level of, yeah, he's a Hindu, he's a Christian, he's a and, and, and if you meet and talk with such people, you, we may find ourselves starting to adapt their wrong use of words. Uh, so we have, we have this is all hermeneutical issues in a way, uh, uh, that we understand why Prabhupada wouldn't use the term Hindu for us. I remember myself and some other GBCs had a meeting with, with the Hindu, the Vishwa Hindu Parishad. Can't you at least say you're Hindus? 
And we said, well, you know, uh, Prabhupada said that we're not the body, and uh, <laughs> we're all spirit souls. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I said to the guy from the Vishwanath Parishad, I said, I guess you have to be a Hindu to understand you're not a Hindu. <laughs> because they know, you know, it's not, shows up in in the in, San, in, in, in Bengali, but it's not a Sanskrit word. It's an upadi, extraneous imposition. Um, uh, so we, we, our idea is to get off of what Prabhupada described as the mental platform. We want to get on the, the platform of, of, of the soul. Uh, Prabhupada described different cultures, the culture of the body, the culture of the mind, the culture of, uh, of the intelligence and the culture of the soul proper. Are you familiar with this? He mentioned it in one place, but it's, it's very important. So if you look around us, we see the culture of the body everywhere. You take care of the body, and, you know, restaurants, uh, health spas, uh, all these kind of things. Mostly dealing with the, with the body. And the culture of the mind, that's in our universities and Places like that, Stanford, MIT, wherever. Uh, I spent a lot of time in universities myself. I have a, a PhD to my discredit. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 and and what, they, what you do, you, you know, in, 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 in a department of study in a, in a university, the most devastating thing you can say to somebody is, oh, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that here. It's, it's like a woman wearing the long, wrong kind of skirt, whether they're long or short or this style. Fashions change. Intellectual, mental fashions change. Just the same way and for the same meaningless reason that, that fashions and clothes or watches, or hats, or automobiles. You notice how they're always changing? And if you have the right thing, you're in. If you have the wrong thing, you're out. Same way on the mental platform. Ideas go in and out of fashion. And it's not even that something is refuted and you go on. You get tired of doing the same thing and you go on and doing something else. So, you know, idealism and philosophy goes out, and then they go back to realism, and then people get tired of that, and then it's neo-ideal, you know. It's just, that's, that's, that's the mental platform. You mess with something for a while, you do it, then you get tired of it, and somebody comes and says, we don't do that anymore, you do, do the next thing. The mental platform, the culture of the mind. The culture of intelligence, Prabhupada said, is Bhagavad Gita. Buddhi Yoga. Vadami Buddhi Yoga Mutamiya Mahupayantita Krishna says. The Bhagavad Gita is the culture of intelligence. The, the point of Buddhi, uh, uh, Buddhi is not much understood uh, outside of Krishna consciousness, maybe, what it actually is. How does manas, the mind, differ from buddhi? 
her buddhi is, is, is higher. And ultimately, Prabhupada describes buddhi as the form direction of the super soul. Uh, we have mindsets, and buddhi determines entire mindsets. And when there's an overthrow of one whole mindset, there's another mindset that sort of happens on the level of buddhi. Conversion takes place. Many, some of Thomas Kuhn's work, the structure of scientific revolutions. He talks about these things where you know the phlogiston theory goes out and the whole the atomic theory comes in. You live in a different world. They're incommensurable ideas of looking at things that like more like religious conversions than than than, than anything else. This is that happens on the level of buddhi, mindsets. And the ultimate function of buddhi is the correct placement of faith. Because faith can be correctly placed and it can be misplaced. And if it's faith, how does that take place? So Bhagavad Gita is really about the correct placement of faith. You take you to the point of surrender to Krishna. He looks at all the other places you can put your faith then Sarvadharma Buddha So Bhagavad Gita is the culture of intelligence, the culture of the soul proper. Prabhupada says, Srimad Bhagavatam. Dharma Krojita Kartabhutta, where Bhagavad Gita ends, you just you know, give up all of the dharmas and surrender to me. And then Dharma Krojita, now having given up all these Kaitava dharmas. Here is Bhagavatam. So those are the four levels of culture. Culture of the body, culture of the mind, culture of the soul, culture, uh, culture of the intelligence, and culture of the soul proper. It's Bhagavatam. So now we're back to Bhagavatam. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, so here in Bhagavatam, we are giving the instructions in the Bhagavatam how to read the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Uh, that's, that's what's here. Uh, so Prabhupada here, text 44. Uh, Prabhupada begins his purport. One can certainly see directly the presence of Lord Sri Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam if one has heard it from a group self-realized great soul like Shukadeva Goswami. So here he's commenting, first of all, remember this is Sutta, I was hearing from Shukadeva. Okay. So here you, you have some examples of hearing the Bhagavatam. Some paradigm cases, you might say, of how it's to be heard. It's very interesting that Bhagavatam contains as part of it how it's how it should be done. Uh, this is the, the, the directions on the bottle, uh, right from the very beginning, how we're supposed to do it. And uh, uh, so this is Sutta speaking of himself. And then Prabhupada says, you can see directly the presence of Lord Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam if one has heard it. 
Now, there's a subtle thing going on in this first sentence. Pages. Where's the pages? Yeah. He's speaking to the stage and they're hearing. Right? Where are the pages? <laughs> but we have the pages. I guess in the future one can directly see the presence of Krishna on the screen. <laughs> but anyway, the pages are maybe becoming obsolete technology. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but Prabhupada has done this kind of subtle thing uh, 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 without announcing it. Uh, and I think of him sitting in Vrindavan writing these you know, this uh, typewriter, this old-fashioned typewriter. <laughs> Thinking of the readers of his book, Master Cobb. Uh, so this is another way of speaking, is, is, is to read this. Uh, but it's very interesting how Prabhupada has done that without announcing it. It took me a while to even, you know, notice it. Where are the pages, right? Here, here are some sages sitting around. They had memories in those days. So one could speak it and remember it and repeat it exactly as he heard it. They had memories. Uh, but the, the, of course the, the thing that gets your attention is this see directly the presence of Lord Sri Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam. See Krishna in the pages. Uh, that should be what happens. Uh, that that by reading Bhagavatam you are with Krishna because this Bhagavatam is Krishna a a avatar Krishna. We've been talking about the different avatars of Krishna, the different way Krishna has appeared, and even mentioned the material world as one of the appearances of Krishna, if you know how to recognize it. I mean, I'm involved with it, with the fifth canto of Bhagavatam. Yeah, because our, the temple of the Vedic Planetarium is taking the fifth canto and making a model of it, you know? And when the fifth canto came out, people were freaking out. It is gone. And then Prabhupada typically sat down with some reporters and said to them, We haven't been to the moon because the moon is further from the sun, you know, and so on. And that freaked out everybody. And then, and then uh, I realized not only haven't we been to the moon, we haven't even been to the earth. <laughs> Read the description of the earth in the fifth canto. Right? We haven't even been to remind of the moon. Where's Mount Meru? You seen it lately? No? Prophet said he saw Mount Meru from an airplane window anyway. So, um, so, there's an answer to that, by the way. It's in the Bhagavatam, it's of all places. Uh, we'll take a little diversion of this. Uh, in case you have any doubts or anything. And Bhagavatam 429 69. 
we were taking a little side trip here. It's on my mind anyway. Look at Prabhupada's first line of the translation. Krishna consciousness means constantly you have it up there? Yeah, okay. Krishna consciousness means constantly associating with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in such a mental state that the devotee can observe the cosmic manifestation exactly as the Supreme Personality of Godhead does. The corollary has to be if you are not associating you see in the Sanskrit Bhagavat Parshva Bhartami you're remaining constantly by the side of the Supreme Flood by Bhagavan. Manasi Sattva Eka Nishta with your mind being Sattva Eka Nishta fixed strictly in Sattva, pure Sattva, Vishuddha Sattva, in full Krishna consciousness. That's the way. Then you can see the earth. Then you can see the earth. Because then the example that's in here uh, Rahu is an invisible planet, but when it comes close to the moon, when the moon is eclipsed, you can see it. So that that which is invisible, when it comes close to the luminous moon, becomes visible. So similarly, when we become close to the Lord, our mind becomes close to the Lord. We can also see the uh, uh, this idam, uh, this world this universe, the way the Lord sees it. And uh, in the purport, uh, we won't get into it now, but the other meaning that Prabhupada gives to Edom is we can see our own subtle body with its past, present, and future, our past karma, our future karma. And then Prabhupada remarks, if you have no future births, you will see your future karma in a dream. And that way it will be done. The things that you would have had undergo future births, since you're not going to take any more future births, you'll be seeing them in a dream, and then you'll be over. That's very interesting verse for many things. But anyway, that's why we haven't been to the earth. Because to really see the earth, you have to see it the way Krishna sees it. And that's given in the Bhagavatam. Just a diversion here. Uh, people, uh, people want to uh, sometimes, um, when they're dealing with Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita, well, I accept this part, but I don't accept that part. You can't do that. Either it's all right or it's all wrong. Yeah, I like. I think the Bhagavatam is right about Krishna and Vrindavan. But when it comes to like being right about the world that we see, it's wrong. Well, how can you be wrong about what's more obvious to you and the things that are really more you're right about? <laughs> once you say, once you make yourself the authority, I, I accept this part and I don't accept that part, you're the problem to begin with. You go to the Bhagavatam because you're the problem. And now you're going to bring the problem, your problem, to the Bhagavatam. <laughs> basically what's happening. You, our own corrupted buddhi. 
our own material mentality. I accept this part. So Prabhupada is saying you have to accept the whole thing. This is what people call fundamentalism sometimes. Uh, uh, and it scared me. I mean, I, I really I really had to deal with this. You know, part of my youth, I grew up in Texas and Oklahoma. And I knew Christians, you know, who all idea was you accept Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal savior. Uh, 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 I, I knew those people. And, and, and uh, when I first encountered Krishna consciousness, I had that same fundamentalist, wow, you know, I mean, do I have to become like a great big stupid neon Jesus save sign? I mean, is that, that what our idea is? Uh, from these, these Christian fundamentalists, I, I was probably not fair to all these Christians, but I had met a lot of those people. I've met devotees like that too, so. <laughs> uh, not, not being prejudiced against, but it, 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 anyway, uh, it took me a while to realize what what Prabhupada was talking about. What well, wasn't anything uh, like that. Because that what the the reason it happened to me is is I, I, when I became a devotee, I was in my third year of graduate religious studies. Uh, the devotees all told me to quit. They showed me what Prabhupada said that the modern educational institutions of the slaughterhouse were beyond that I should quit. I had just had three years of graduate work, you know, so I, I asked uh, a temple president to inquire from Prabhupada what I should do. And Prabhupada got back word to him that I should get a PhD, finish and get a PhD. I, you know, I just finished all the coursework. So I told the other devotees in the temple, the prophet said, I should continue. And he says, no, 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 you should quit. <laughs> Prabhupada's just telling you that because you're attached. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, you know, dropout mood of the early ISKCON, and we had to drop out from everything. Prabhupada had no idea. Uh, uh, of, of uh, we had no idea what Prabhupada had in mind, the Bhaktivedanta Institute, or all these other kind of things, you know. So I, I continued, it, and then I, I wrote Prabhupada a letter asking him, I have to write a doctoral dissertation, do you have any idea or suggestion? And he said, well, if you like, you could defeat Dharma. And then I had another crisis, because I knew the people who didn't believe in Dharma. Uh, Christian fundamentalists again, and uh, I don't know what to do. And then, of course, the well, wait a minute, Bhagavatam is right. Of course, Darwin is wrong. It has to be wrong. And then I thought, well, how do you show he's wrong? I, I have no idea. No idea. Darwin, how can you show science? And uh, and uh, so I was kind of puzzling about how how to do this. Then I met Sadaputta, who, who had just become a devotee. Uh, he had been in New Vrindavan. Since he had just finished a PhD in mathematics from Cornell, they thought he should become the treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> so 
he's not a good treasurer. <laughs> because the real job of the treasurer is to say, where's the change? Where are your receipts? <laughs> the arithmetic he can handle. Um, so but, so then, then they set him out on traveling sand guitar, because that's what I wish he did with other people he couldn't have around. Uh, uh, so he showed up, and, and, and I just found out he just finished, uh, you know, gotten his PhD in mathematics. So I showed him Prabhupada's letter. I said, do you have any idea how you could defeat Darwin? And he said to me, well, he said, you know, actually, uh, I knew Darwin was wrong before I became a devotee, before I even met devotees. I knew it was wrong. He says, actually, most mathematicians know Darwin is wrong. They just don't say anything because it upsets the biologists so much. <laughs> <laughs> and he started to give me some arguments, you know, which later we saw uh, written up and, and, uh, and, and so on. But that would really help me a lot, you know, to have somebody say, you know, most mathematicians know Darwin is wrong. They just don't want to upset the biologists. Uh, and he, using information theory and things like that, something else has got to come in from the outside, you know. Uh, get something from nothing. Any, anyway. So, um, So, uh, anyway, these are all different reasons, uh, I guess, to say what's relevant to our section. But I have, I have complete confidence in, 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 in the Bible of time. I, I really do. Uh, and, and, and I don't think it's made me stupider. I think it's made me smarter. Uh, uh, and so let's, let's see what Prabhupada is telling us. We are to see directly the presence of Krishna in the pages. Now, uh, to me, uh, uh, one key idea of this is, 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 is the text Nama Chintamani Krishna, Chitamya Rasa Vigraha. Shuddha, what is it? Abhinatva Namina. Uh, no, the, the name of Krishna is Chintamani, right? It's like the transcendental gym uh, that performs, gives you everything you want. Now, it's Chitanya Rasa Vigraha. It is the form of all spiritual rasas. Purna, Shuddha, Nityamukta is full, complete, pure. Always transcendental. Why? Abhinatva. Because of the non difference, nama, namana, to name and name, name. The vacha, vachaniya, the, the, the word, and that which is denoted by the word, on the spiritual platform, they are identical. And of course, this is their nama, chintamani, the name Krishna. So when we chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, uh, we are dealing with Krishna in the form of sound. 
And the idea is when we can say that name properly, more and more that identity between Krishna and Krishna's name becomes revealed. Names, by the way, I mean their names. Uh, Krishna is a short name. Om is a short name, yeah, in one aspect of Krishna. The short names. Uh, then we get longer names, and especially Sanskrit compounds. Jamuna Tiruvannachari is the name of Krishna. You, you read a compact, I'm backwards. He who wanders in the groves on the bank of the Jamuna River, Jamuna Tiruvannachari. Somebody could be Jamuna Tiruvannachari Das. <laughs> you wanted to be cruel, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, they give people very long names. Uh, the, I think of the Srimad Bhagavatam as one long name of Krishna. It is a name of Krishna, and therefore this idea here that see Krishna directly, if you can see Krishna directly in the name Krishna, in the mantra, the Maha Mantra, uh, so Bhagavatam is a more fluffed out name of Krishna. Because actually, when you because Krishna includes everything, Krishna and Krishna's energies, and the energies are three. When you say Krishna, you've denoted the entire content of reality. Haven't you? Really? It is Krishna and Krishna's energies, and we do not separate Krishna from his energies. Krishna is intimately associated with his internal potencies, a little more differently associated with the external potencies, with the marginal potencies. Because, because you know, our, our, our philosophy is Savishesha. That, that, uh, that Krishna has uh, variety. Vishesha. And, and these, but these, but the, the idea is, the unity is there in the variety. So here, Prabhupada announces the beginning, the goal of actually understanding Bhagavatam is to see Krishna directly in the pages. It should be manifest to us. So, uh, you have to hear from somebody like Shukadeva Goswami. And then, uh, one cannot learn Bhagavatam from a bogus hired reciter whose aim of life is to earn some money out of such recitation and employ the earnings in sex indulgence. He's talking here about the professional. It's funny, in, in, in America, professional means somebody's really good at what they're doing. A crop out of professional means somebody's doing it just for the money. But they're good at it. I mean, I, I, I've heard Bhagavad Kata's. Uh, the guy was speaking in Gujarati, so I couldn't understand him, but I ceremonial reasons, I had to sit on the stage next to him and listen to it. And, and the audience was in tears, you know. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, people are good at it. You're just like an actor. 
you know, if they're talented actors, they can convince you and give you emotions and feelings. Uh, so similarly, these people are the, the reciters can be can be quite 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 uh, quite uh, uh, talented in their way, just like they're they're professional kirtan people. One time in Mayapur, one of the early uh, early uh, of, uh, annual festivals. The devotees had brought some some professional kirtan singers, and everybody was just admiring how well they did it and how they played the vadanga so expertly. And all of a sudden, stuff and then Prabhupada was quite disturbed that we had brought them. He'd rather have our own sincere, inexpert, <coughs> untalented renditions where we actually believed in what we were doing, and we were people who were like. Um, and I've seen them, you know, people, you know, and they smoke, walk away and smoke the beady uh, after, after they've been, uh, so, so there are people who do this, uh, who are not following the principles of Krishna consciousness. He, he mentions a sex indulgence here. Uh, no one can learn Srimad Bhagavatam who is associated with persons engaged in sex life. Notice how he says that. I mean, your association has to be uh, pure. That is the secret of learning Bhagavatam. Notice he has got the word secret. Uh, when Prabhupada uses the word secret or confidential, that means not everyone will be able to appreciate it. I mean, Prabhupada's telling us a secret, so it's obviously an open secret. <laughs> But still, it was a secret because not everybody bought it. There is a secret. You'll see this word secret gets repeated several times in the text. That, so that's one thing. These, then, no one can learn Bhagavatam who, from one who interprets the, the text by his mundane scholarship. There's a whole other class that have been doing it. We have our own commentators, but uh, you know, if you go to the University of Chicago or Harvard, they'll give you a whole other way of understanding uh, Bhagavatam by mundane scholarship. Uh, one has to learn Bhagavatam from the representative of Shukadeva Swami and no one else. If one wants to see Lord Krishna in the pages, second time that's showed up, the idea of seeing Krishna directly in the pages. Uh, uh, the representative, so Prabhupada's here alluding to the, we're looking at the pages, the pages given by Srila Prabhupada. The author of these pages must, must be a representative of Shukadeva Swami coming into civic succession. So he's introducing us to the idea uh, of parampara, one after the other, uh, in, in that way. That is the process, and there is no alternative. Clearly stated, there's a particular process. Sutta Goswami, the speaker of this verse, 
is a bona fide representative of Shukadev Goswami because he wants to present the message which he received from the greatest, greatest learned Brahmana. That's his idea. Just as he heard it, he's going to repeat it. Shukadev Goswami presented Bhagavatam as he heard it from his great father. And so also Sutta Goswami is presenting Bhagavatam as he had heard it from Shukadev Goswami. So there's one after the other presenting as they had heard it. Simple hearing is not all. All. <laughs> How do we hear? One must realize the text with proper attention. Now here we have the introduction of the idea of attention, and not just attention, but proper attention. This is buddhi. Buddhi directs attention. You're, 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 you can go on, people can go in the same place and they'll see different things because their attention is directed differently. What you notice, what you don't notice, what's important, what's not important. Uh, I look at somebody's face, uh, 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 a physician looks at somebody's face. We may see very different things because we know how to direct attention. Because, because we have been educated to notice, to pay attention and not pay attention. And people will see different things. Uh, a person will meet two different people and notice one, two different things about them, their level of, of intelligence. Another person will meet the same two people and notice that one is male and one is female or one is white and one is black. That will be the big thing. It all depends on what your attention is focused on. And buddhi is the form in which the super-soul gives us direction, ultimately. And we're there, the, the super-soul is there with the soul, and that's how it, 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 it is doing uh, things, uh, guiding our attention. So one must realize the text with proper attention. Now, attention can be directed, and then attention also becomes intensified. It can, it can be you know, just vague. Uh, unintense or it can be very intent. Uh, whatever is the object of desire, for example, will focus your attention. Or danger, for example. If somebody's danger, you know, somebody's got a pistol and it's loaded and they're pointing at you, you it's got your attention. <laughs> so the, these, you know, these things that, that really uh, make our attention intense or not. The word nivishta, word for word, being perfectly attentive, that means that Sutta Goswami drank the juice of Bhagavatam through his ears. 
It means like when you're really, really thirsty and, and, and parched, and then there's water, you know, how, how eagerly you, 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 you drink that water. Uh, this is the drink, the juice of Bhagavatam through his ears. That is the real process of receiving Bhagavatam. So again, he mentions like the secret, or there's a process one has to hear through the... One should hear with rapt attention from the real person. So notice the speaker and the audience. The speaker is qualified, the audience is qualified. Then it happens. There's an analogy you can make. There's a philosopher, a British philosopher named J.L. Austin, who noticed that certain kinds of speech are, he calls them performative utterances. Uh, uh, sometimes speech doesn't just do things, doesn't just mean things, but it does things. For example, uh, let us say I'm a judge in a court. That's the speaker. The speaker is the judge in a court. The hearer is a person who has just been convicted by due process of law of a crime. He's the qualified hearer. The judge is the qualified speaker. He says, I sentence you to 10 years in jail. There's some potency there, right? He goes to jail for 10 years. If I'm a priest, a couple has come to me with a marriage license signed by the right person, and I'm a recognized authority to do weddings, I can say, you know, I pronounce you husband and wife. They're married. I sign the certificate. That, that I, if I just do it to walk up to anybody arbitrarily, I sent you to 10 years in jail, no potency. These are the, the kind of things. Now, Bhagavatam is not a performative utterance, but it's like that. The speaker and the hearer have to be qualified for the potency of Bhagavatam to, to take place. And, 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 and then, the hearer have been trained to give rapt attention, and then has heard from the right person, then the hearer can at once realize the presence of Lord Krishna in every page. The use of that word realize, experience. The secret of knowing Bhagavatam is mentioned here. And the secret again, the open secret. I mean, I, I've read Bhagavad, you know, this, this part of Bhagavad a few times before it finally dawned on me what was being said. So, uh, now, Prabhupada gives, goes back to this rapt attention. How can we give this, this attention that's required? No one can give rapt attention who's not pure in mind. Oh. <laughs> Now we go into our mind and we are going into a very dirty place, maybe. It's like walking into a room that hasn't been cleaned in a couple of decades. Homeless people have been living there. 
animals have died. You know, I mean, whatever, you know. Uh, so, okay, so we have to become pure in mind. How do we do that? Well, no one can be pure in mind who is not pure in action. So that means our behavior has to be changed. We have two sets of senses, karmendriya and jnanendriya. The instruments uh, of receiving knowledge, the five in which the world acts on us, and then the karmendriya, the instruments by which we act back on the world. Speech, uh, 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 locomotion, manipulation. And Hamlet, Hamlet refers to his hands as pickers and stealers. They will do all sinful things. Pickpockets and steal. Contaminated senses. Senses. So no, so pure in action. No one can be pure in action who is not pure in eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. Or eating, sleeping, mating, and fearing. Even the most basic, fundamental animal activities of life, which we share with every living being, some way of gaining nourishment, some way of resting, some way of mating, some way of defending ourselves. Even these most basic biological activities of life have to be performed in a way that is pure. Uh, and then Prabhupada summarizes, but somehow or other, if someone hears with rapt attention from the right person at the very beginning, one can assuredly see Lord Sri Krishna in person in the pages of Bhagavata. And that's really far out. Now you know that when Prabhupada came with the books, that was only half. He had to make an audience. He had to, so that's why we had the International Society for Krishna Consciousness to get people to become trained to become the heroes so that Bhagavatam could actually take place. If he just went and gave lectures in Bhagavatams to university professors, what was going to happen? You know, you may start there, but ultimately he was looking for people. And, 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 uh, Prabhupada had a godbrother who was almost at the same time Prabhupada came was coming to the West, was giving lectures to learned people in universities, uh, and uh, never spread the Christian consciousness movement anywhere. Uh, what was going? I mean, doing something. But, but uh, I, I have to say that that, that uh, Prabhupada came at the right time, at the right place. I always think of, Prabhupada sometimes castigates himself. He did this in lectures that, you know, my Prabhupada, Prabhupada, me, his spiritual master, told me when I was a young man that I should preach in the West, but I was so uh, attached to family life that I couldn't do anything until my own age, old age. Now I finally come here in my old age and my spiritual master has sent you nice American boys and girls so I, I can do something. 
Uh, but if he had arrived in 1955 you know, or 56, you know, I can imagine what would have happened. He came at the right time, and Krishna was in charge of timing. Uh, 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 and somehow Prabhupada had people that could, he could train to become hearers of Bhagavatam. And so here we are speaking about Sriman Bhagavatam. But following in Prabhupada's footsteps, we go to give, bring other people to become hearers also. So that, that's part of Sankirtan. It expands. It should naturally be expanded. Like Krishna is always expanding, the audiences for Bhagavatam should be expanded. So this is, this is how Prabhupada uh, is telling, when Bhagavatam is understood, the real understanding is you see Krishna directly in the pages. It's not exactly that the words are gone, but the, 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 the words are seen for what they are. Abhinatva, Prabhupada continues this purport uh, in the first text of chapter 4. Uh, that's another thing is sometimes you have to look at the continuity of things. And he's going to talk a little bit more about realized knowledge. When Prabhupada says realized, it means experienced. Realization is experienced. So here, uh, <coughs> Chapter 4 begins, On hearing Sutta Goswami speak thus, Shonaka Muni, who is the elderly, learned leader of all the rishis engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, congratulated Sutta Goswami by addressing him as follows. Now, the, the point is that, that we understood that they have got, because Kali Yuga had just begun, right, after the disappearance of Krishna, Kali, the, the Kali Yuga set in. And so now they understood that there should be a, a sacrifice to alleviate uh, the conditions. Again, the idea that there be some potency. Uh, and they were performing uh, the Vedic because uh, they mentioned their bodies are black with the smoke or the fires. They were doing uh, Agnihotra Yajnas and so on. But the sacrifice that they ended up performing was here in Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the indication of the Yuga, uh, Yuga Dharma, uh, uh, of Sankirtan Yajna. Uh, uh, and so Shonaka uh, uh, then responds. Uh, so Prabhupada then talks about the qualifications of the, this, the representative of the, the hearers. Um, so he says here uh, that Shonaka stood up to congratulate Sri Sutta Goswami when he expressed the desire to present Srimad Bhagavatam exactly as he heard it from Shukadeva Goswami and also realized it personally. So, this idea, now Prabhupada talks about this idea about what does it mean to realize something personally. Uh, 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 um, he says here, 
personal realization does not mean that one should, out of vanity, attempt to show one's own learning by trying to surpass the previous acharya. He must have full confidence in the previous acharya. And at the same time, he must realize the subject matter so nicely that he can present the matter for the particular circumstances in a suitable manner. So somehow or other, fits. I mean, there's actual communication. There's a relationship between the speaker and the audience. Uh, and because of that relationship, uh, uh, the, the attention is there and the way of speaking is appropriate. Then Prabhupada says here, in this edition it's in italics, if you look at Prabhupada's original Bhagavatams, he used boldface. Uh, uh, the original purpose of the text must be maintained. So there's a certain faithfulness that's there. No obscure meaning should be screwed out of it. <laughs> Yet, it should be presented in an interesting manner for the understanding of the audience. This is called realization. The leader of the assembly, Shonaka, could estimate the value of the speaker, Shiva Sutta Goswami, simply by his uh, uttering yataditam yatamati as I have understood it and I have realized it. And therefore he was very glad to congratulate him in ecstasy. No learned man should be willing to hear a person who does not represent the original acharya. So the word, he's probably talking about representation. So representation means to represent, is to present over again. But it doesn't mean that it's just a rubber stamp, you know, with, without their own engagement in it. So the speaker and the audience were bona fide in this meeting where the Bhagavatam is being recited for the second time. That should be the standard of recitation of Bhagavatam, so the real purpose can be served without difficulty unless this situation is created. Bhagavatam recitation for the extraneous purpose is useless for both useless labor for both the speaker and for the audience. Nothing happens. It does not take place. It does not take place. So it takes place when these are the uh, conditions. Uh, 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 realize knowledge, uh, some, uh, how to explain it? You make it your own. It becomes part of your life. When it comes back out again, it'll have a certain inflection or a certain uh, characteristic of being alive. And, 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 and therefore, uh, in that lively way, it will become communicated and people will be able to, uh, 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 to grasp it. So, so our, our, 
our, our really idea in our Christian consciousness movement is to continue Bhagavatam. We do have books, people read by themselves, but the association of devotees is essential. That's the Sangyatan movement. Uh, and very, very hard, isolated from devotees. Uh, and we may have sometimes association by electronic means and in the distance and so on. Take advantage. Prabhupada was all for fully taking advantage. Uh, although sometimes he was a little worried. I, I remember one time in the early days of the movement, uh, someone suggested to Prabhupada that there should be telex machines so that the temples could communicate with each other. And Prabhupada rejected it and said it would only increase Pajalpa. <laughs> so all, all you Facebook, Twitter fans may notice that it makes Pajalpa easy also. But anyway, there should be, it also helps Christian consciousness, but anyway, we're stuck with it now, it's going to happen. We have our technologies, Prabhupada used them. Uh, so so we, 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 will, we will conduct Krishna consciousness. Uh, so anyway, Prabhupada, uh, uh, very interestingly, you know, there's Bhagavad Gita as it is. We can get some idea of what, what, what he was thinking of and how it is, is possible. By the way, the word as it is actually comes from Chaitanya Bhagavat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Prabhupada mentions this in a purport to Adi Lila 1718. Uh, where it's described uh, the Lord Chaitanya's uh, Sata Prahariya Bhava, the 21 long hour uh, ecstasy where he manifested all different forms of himself. And Prabhupada mentions in the purport that it's in the uh, uh, Madhya Khanda chapter 9. Uh, and Prabhupada summarizes some things that happened. They showed uh, Murari Gupta his feature of Lord Ramachandra. He displayed himself in different Vishnu forms all over in Lord Chaitanya. Uh, he offered his blessings to Haridas Thakur. And at this time, he also asked Advaita Prabhu to explain Bhagavad Gita as it is. And then Gitara uh, Shachapata in Bengali. Uh, the word pata, same in Sanskrit, this nice old-fashioned Bengali is very sadhubhasha, you know, learned, educated, highly Sanskritized Bengali. Pata uh, means the reading of a text, uh, the study, pata, recitation, to read, recite, teaches pata. So you, we find that in the uh, Majakanda 10.166 uh, where we have the phrase Gitara Satya Bhatta. Uh, the way it's translated, uh, after explaining the actual purport of, Bhagavad, of the Bhagavad Gita verse to Advaita, Vishwambar hid the door of devotional service. <laughs> 
So he's, uh, and the, the commentary here by Bhaktisiddhanta is that hitting the door means that certain followers of Advaita Acharya didn't. He, he explained it to, uh, I don't know which, I couldn't figure out from the context which verse he's talking about uh, in the translation here. Bhanu Swami, they mention a, a actual verse. And Prabhupada says, uh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it says here, Bhakti Siddhanta's purport is here actually, that Prabhupada, that, that, uh, that uh, this is, refers to his teachers. But, if you look elsewhere in the Majakant, uh, uh, um, Lord Chaitanya during that Satya Baharya Bhava, uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya is addressing Advaita. Uh, 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 he says, Before I incarnated, you greatly endeavored to bring me. As you taught Bhagavad Gita, you would explain everything in relation to devotional service. But who is the proper candidate to understand your explanations? You notice the same thing as here. You, if you did not find the devotional meaning of a verse, you would give up all enjoyment rather than find fault with the verse. This is how he's teaching. You're teaching Bhagavad Gita, but if you couldn't find in the verse a devotional explanation, you got distressed. Being distressed, you went to sleep without eating. I then manifest myself before you. I considered your fasting my fasting. Lord Chaitanya says to Advaita Charya. This is before I, before I came, right? Therefore I appeared in your dream and I spoke to you. Get up and eat. Do not fast. Because of you I will incarnate. You got up and ate in satisfaction. Although I spoke to you directly, you thought it was a dream, he says to him. In this way, whenever some doubt arose during his recitation, that is of Bhagavad Gita, the Lord would directly speak to him in his dream. These are, this is the Bhagavad 116 to 125. And then Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur comments, whenever Advaita Prabhu's recitation of Bhagavad Gita created doubts in the minds of ordinary people and obstacles in extracting meanings favorable for to devotional service, he heard the actual purport from Mahaprabhu during his sleep. <laughs> so that's when it took place, when he explained it, he says here. Uh, So that's that's uh, that's where Bhagavad Gita, as it is, comes from Mahaprabhu. Yes. Why the reference you mentioned the Chaitanya Charitamrita? No, five. Well, well, Prabhupada mentions it in in, in Adi seventeen eighteen. Thank you. Uh, Adi seventeen eighteen. Gitara Satya Patya. 
So I looked it up because in, in, in the database there is now the Bhagavad I think it's Bhagavad translation of, uh, with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's commentary. And Prabhupada's word come from Majakant 10, 166, Gitara Satyapata, where it says that he explained the actual purport to Advaita. But Prabhupada said he asked Advaita to explain the Bhagavad Gita. So then I started to look around, where did he ask Advaita to do it? Well, that's where, a little earlier in that chapter, in the dream, <laughs> he told him the purport in the dream and asked and used him to explain it that way. When he was trying to explain it to others, he was telling him uh, this way. So Prabhupada's as it is actually has a history and, and, and this is where it comes from. And uh, uh, the, that's the origin of Bhagavad Gita as, as it is from tradition. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we can talk now. I've talked a long time. Thank you, Dr. I have two questions. One is, you mentioned, you, you lied to this meaning of Sankirtan. You said that it could, any activity which is together thoroughly, mm-hmm. intensely, and perfectly. But a lot of the times when that word comes, in the purport, it's translated as, and even we use it as congregational chanting. Exactly. Well, some means together with devotees also. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, according to the how you were explaining, Sankirtan can mean class together, it could mean book distribution together, it could mean Scientific preaching with Prabhupada also mm-hmm. mentions in mm-hmm. the purport and fifth chapter. But why most of the times it is uh, when it comes in per- congregational chanting of the holy name, Sankirtan? Yeah. Our usage changes, I, I, I guess. Um, uh, and and that, that, that we start that way. I mean, we do send Kirtan in the temple when we have a Kirtan. In, I mean, the ISKCON usage is when you do it in the temple, it's kirtan, but when you go outside, outdoors, it's sand kirtan. The meaning changes. I mean, uh, once when I was a brand new uh, GBC and I was handed some, during a bad time in ISKCON, gone through a bad time, and I was, uh, I just went to a certain temple, and, uh, and, uh, um, there was uh, one devotee, um, a brahmachari, who uh, his usual service was to take some devotees out to the airport to distribute books. Uh, and, and I was standing there talking to the temple president, and this brahmachari came up and said, um, can we uh, have the, the van to go to the airport for book distribution? And the temple priest said, no. He says, we need it for Sankirtan. They were going out to the baseball stadium to distribute uh, pennants and hats with the name of the baseball team on them to collect money. And that's when I realized the meaning of the word Sankirtan had changed. (laughs) 
Because if it didn't bring in money, he said, no, we need it for sanctuary time. So things drift sometimes. Anyway, so that's not the usage of Sankirtan. But it does apply to, to all these things. When Krishna, when Lord Chaitanya Parambijayate is Sri Krishna Sankirtana, uh, all of these things are there. The, when when, when Sankirtan is fully realized, when it's Vijayate, these things will happen. There's a list. Shito Darpana Marjan, the heart will become, the dirty things will be removed. Baba Mahada Bhagavad Nirvapan. You should see these things happen. Be the fire of conditional, a forest fire of material life of uh, And one after the other. Shreya Kayava Chandrika Vidranam. That's an interesting one. Sankirtan is the Kairava. The Kairava is actually the night blooming lily. So technically it's literally called the lotus, but it's a white light blooming. Uh, and and Sankirtan is like the moonlight that that causes that night blooming lily to open up and spread its fragrance. Of uh, but that fragrance is Shreya, your ultimate good fortune, that is to say your relationship with Krishna will be realized from this Sankirtan, which is the Chandrika, which is the moonlight that causes your whatever inside to, to open up. And then Shreya Kaiva Chandrika, Dipadanam, Vidya Vadu Jivanam. This is a conjugal metaphor in here. Vadu uh, means a, a young wife or a bride, and Sankirtan is the bridegroom. Uh, uh, Shaya Kayava Chandrakitaram Vidya Vadu Jivanam. And that, that bride is transcendental knowledge. Vidya Vadu. Transcendental compared to the, the, that, that awakens. Anandam Buddhi Vardhanam, Patipadam Purnam Mitajvandhan. The ocean of transcendental grace has been in every step of full taste. And these are the things that will happen. And then pure, uh, you become purified entirely. Sarvatma snapanam, it's a bathed bath with the entire self. You may ask, how can anything that's so intense and be so pure? Well, because it's, it's, it's a snapanam. The whole self, body, mind, soul, talent, and so on becomes purified. These are the benedictions that take place when Sankirtan is achieved. Uh, so that doesn't mean uh, just one thing or the other, the whole endeavor of the, the it is the Sankirtan movement. Uh, and Prabhupada did other things, part of Sankirtan is we have temples, we have deities, we have, these are all part and parcel of the whole thing to bring about this, this transformation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hare Krishna, thank you so much. Very nice class.
I, um, I have a comment and then a question. I, I was inspired by this discussion of Sankirtan. The interesting that the prefix san not only means intensely and perfectly and completely, but also together. Mm-hmm. And, and that was interesting that it means that, and it reminded me of the verse where Prahlad Maharaj is saying that some yogis will go to a secluded place and practice vow of silence for their own liberation, but I'm not satisfied unless, unless, others. I, unless others, yeah, yeah. I want to go to the towns and, and bring, everybody. bring everybody along, right? But it's not complete and perfect unless everybody's uh, invited, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's part of me, Manandam Bhuti Varshavanakri, should always be increasing, huh? And the question was, um, in the beginning of class, you talked about the Paribhasha Sutra of Bhagavatam. Do our acharyas tell us uh, of the Bhagavad Gita, whether there's one shloka that's the Paribhasha? Well, I haven't heard anyone mention it in particular. Uh, generally, Prabhupada focuses on, on the, um, in the in the last chapter, what about them? Sarvadharma, Pritja, Jama, Mekam, Shadam, Raja, sort of treats it that way. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shantaru. So, one of the purports uh, that we are reading earlier on Srimad Bhagavan, right? it mentioned that uh, you should not learn Bhagavan from people engaged in sex life. So, how do you understand that purport? Does it mean you cannot learn it from any Gragastha? You cannot be from? Does it mean you cannot learn Bhagavatam from any Gragastha? Gragastha. Gragastha. Uh, yeah, he means illicit sex. So, Prabhupada talks about, uh, in some place, the, the, oh, the, it's in the Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, the Brahmachari Gragastha. Uh, the the, the, the Gragastha is also considered a Brahmachari who follows the strict principles of Gragastha life. That is to say, you only have sex for the propagation of children. Uh, uh, and otherwise, you abstain. <coughs> then, then, then you're considered a, a brahmacharya, even though you're married. Thank you very much. We have read this purpose before, but when you read it, you are illuminating with your realizations. And it's um, so interesting and encouraging to read Bhagavatam with, with that attention. Well, my question, two questions. One is, um, it said that we should have an, or the speaker and the listener. But sometimes we can't come to the temple and somebody who has realized speaks it and hear it, so we just read it. So at that time, how how is the purpose served? And also sometimes we just hear Bhagavatam while while doing something. But is is but here Prabhupada says that simple hearing is not sufficient. So with rapt attention, when a day is that's fulfilled with so many things, even devotional activities, how is it that the rapt attention with just hearing in the table will it, will it not serve the purpose? Since we do devote some time, but with rapt attention, how is that purpose? Well, um, 
Prabhupada discouraged having uh, uh, Bhagavatam as background uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just something going on in the background all the time, you know. Uh, although, you know, if you're driving a car, you want to have something playing, and so you can't, can't always do it all the time. Uh, I suspect it's better to, 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 to have, I mean, for example, when you chant japa, japa means rapt attention. Uh, you, you, you can chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra on three levels. There, there's Namaparad, Namabasa, and Shudanam. And so I can you know this 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 no 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 this 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 no 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 this 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 no no that's that's not around. I can chant and try to focus my mind on the holy name. When when my mind goes away, it I bring it back, and then the pure name just stays there. You know, nothing distracts it. Arias Thakur was chanting the holy name and wasn't even distracted by the people, you know, pounding on him with whips and whatever. You, know. uh, you just don't notice anything else. Um, so that, but but sometimes in different circumstances, uh, it's not a good idea to do your job while you're driving your car. Uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, Prabhupada was. He was being driven, and, and he noticed that the driver of the car was chanting Hare Krishna sort uh, of under his breath. That was good. Better he was chanting Hare Krishna because driving your car usually doesn't take all your attention, and and, uh, and so it wasn't japa, it wasn't you know the circumstance. But but better you're thinking of Krishna, chanting Hare Krishna. Uh, to yourself while you're driving your car, but shouldn't count towards your rounds, ideally. Uh, uh, the, the, so different circumstances, it may, uh, it, it, it may be different. So sometimes, you know, you, you're cooking in the kitchen, you have a tape on, somebody's giving class, you're listening to a question you can't, okay, it's better to have a tape of class rather than you're, you're, you're listening to, you know, whatever kind of mundane stuff that, that may be on the radio, uh, that's okay. But there, there, has to be, there has to be dedicated time, for, to, at least in my mind, to, to, to these certain crucial activities where you really are paying a great deal of attention. That, that was my dedicated time for, for japa, uh, my dedicated time for deity worship, Dedicated time for. But ideally, like for example, if you're cooking and you're offering the food, uh, you know, the, 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 everything you cook is to Krishna, so it will be Krishna Prasadam, you should be really fully absorbed in the service. You, know, you should, should think Krishna's going to eat this, I should make it very nicely. Think of how when Mother Yashoda was cooking for Krishna, what she was thinking about. It wasn't just the recipes and ingredients. Krishna's going to enjoy this, and, you know, and the feelings for Krishna were there in the, in the food because he was going to please him. So there, there, there's a 
we should get more and more toward those levels of that many of our activities, such as cooking, you can become fully absorbed in that, uh, as long as you're, you're, you're cooking for Krishna. Cleaning the temple can be the same way, Clean, you know, cleaning my heart. You can, can turn that activity into full absorption and devotional service. And it's surprising how much of what we do can actually be, be quite uh, uh, fully in, in, in Krishna consciousness. Yeah, to increase. Just like, you know, uh, uh, I, I, five years from now, I'm still on the planet, I, 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 I can read this same text and I'll see things I didn't see before. I mean, this, there's no end, end to how much these things increase. Uh, thank you for the uh, nice lecture and it had many many nice points, but one point that you know really uh, I could relate to was uh, the thing that where you mentioned become pure in mind through actions. Uh, I could relate that because if you don't work on purifying your actions, right, it becomes harder to progress in devotional mm -hmm. life. So that was a very good point. Thank you. That's, what, that's, that's why we, we are given a whole lifestyle by Srila Prabhupada, so that we can learn how to make all our actions. And as I said, even householders, people with mundane. I mean, Prabhupada, for a long time, you know, he was maintaining his family, six children, you know, expensive. Even though he was in India. And he did his duty. I mean, he really, he really was conscientious about it, uh, and he was thought by his godbrothers to be not very important person because he, you know, it was, it was uh, this bhakti siddhanta had created mutts and it created some brahmacharis and sannyasis living together in, in mutts and that was the main thing. And, uh, outside householders were not so important, and Prabhupada was that. And practically, he was running the Bombay temple at a certain point, but he was not still very important. Uh, and uh, and I, I think uh, the, the temptation is always there uh, to forget that advancement in Krishna consciousness. Uh, and it, uh, we're the opposite of the material world. The material activities, uh, everybody wants to become bigger and bigger and bigger. In Krishna consciousness, you become bigger by becoming smaller. Uh, and and, and, and uh, people don't really, really know that uh, uh, very much. And I've seen in our, our own movement where we've had so many big leaders run into trouble and fall down, but then they were on the path of becoming bigger and bigger. You know, and I, I, you know, if I really want to become a big deal, I have to take sannyas, and they take sannyas, and no, 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 I also have to become a GBC, to become GBC, and then I also must become a BBT trustee, and then, you know, get all the points, things like this, and 
And not everybody is like that, but some people, you know, they, 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 they say, wow, look at all they did, and then they ran into so much problems, but they were becoming bigger. Uh, so, so one, one has to, one uh, advancement in Krishna consciousness, we, we advance by becoming smaller. I mean, there's a point to being Trinadati Sunitima, you know, a particle of dust or a particle, you know, it's very small, very, very tiny. And so that's what one has to become like that, Trinadati Sunitima. And you know, if somebody insults you, you know, he just like a tree, you know, bounces off, you know, take it serious. Why are you saying that about me? I'm not hearing you know. Get all the bold and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's very bad. So, 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 so we see that very great devotee. Read Krishna's copyright. You know, anybody who says my name will fall down, you know, and so. This is how he actually felt. This is, he actually felt like this. And, and, and therefore, sometimes spiritual people, they, oh, you're so masochistic, you know, you, 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 you don't have proper self-esteem. Uh, low self-esteem is a real problem. But, but devotees seek out these lower, this, seek out to be small, because the humbler we become, the more we can appreciate Krishna. And, and that, that love for Krishna increases. And that's so wonderful. Then, then they, people really want to become smaller because, because they can appreciate Krishna more and more. Uh, and that, that's why great devotees seek out that, 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 that kind of thing. And then if they do something that other people think important, they really, oh, I don't know anything. Krishna's just been kind to me. I, I, I don't take any credit for it. You know, I'm an idiot, and mercy of my spiritual master saying, read Prabhupada's statement. You know, I was told when I was a young man to preach in the West, I couldn't do anything because I was so attached to house of the life until I was an old man. Then finally, in my fag end of my life, I came here to America to do something to try to please my spiritual master and I couldn't do anything. But my spiritual master said, you and American boys and girls and you're helping me and now at the end of my life I can say I've accomplished something. You know, that, that's how he thought about himself. And if you were actually in Srila Prabhupada's person, you know, he was like that. He just was not full of himself at all. It was quite, quite the difference. I remember one time in New York, we were seeing Prabhupada off. Uh, and uh, when Prabhupada was leaving airports, it was more fun than when he was coming. Because coming was always a big thing, you know. But sometimes it was just a small, intimate group of people taking him when he was leaving. So he was leaving a New York airport. But this time, because it was a festival, there was a kind of a crowd of devotees with him, not as big as when he arrived, but still. So Prabhupada, those days airports you could go all the way up to the boarding gates, you know, all this other stuff. So Prabhupada came into the boarding gate and he was surrounded by a lot of devotees came in with him and he was sitting on the seat and other devotees were sitting on seats next to him and some on the floor and they were just talking intimately with each other, you know, familiarly. It wasn't a ceremony. And then people were standing around trying to hear what, what the conversation was about. 
I was sort of on the outside of the group, you know, so okay, I didn't make it into a, a close thing. But because I was on the outside, I noticed that there were other passengers who were boarding the plane, and they couldn't even get in the boarding area because <laughs> the devotees filled the devotees. And one of the gate agents was trying to get the devotees to move. And they would, like, they would come and tap them on the shoulder, and they just brush them off and pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought, well, this doesn't look very good for this God, you know, or not being like civil. Uh, and so I tried to get some devotees to get out of the way. Nobody, they did the same thing to me. They just brushed me aside. So then our GBC, was Rupanuga, was next next to me, and he's like, has command presence, as they say in the military. So Rupanuga tried to get people to, to, to move, and they wouldn't do anything. So finally what Rupanuga did, there was a little table, you know, I had these rows of chairs and tables, seeming uh, into the end. So he jumped up on one of these tables and he went like this All devotees, leave the boarding area immediately. And all these people looked up at him, all shocked and offended. And before anybody could move, Prabhupada got up and started to walk out. <laughs> and Prabhupada said, uh, Rupa said, Not you, Sri. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem was really walking and when he heard a group of guys yelled at him to get out and he got up and was <laughs> so that's probably like natural mood uh, was, was sort of shown that way you know, so, so this, this is this is, this is an advancement in Krishna consciousness. And you get in an institution, you may find people that you bring to it, you know, things from IBM or these other kind of places, or Apple or wherever, people are always trying to get ahead, or from the university to some uh, nonsense. That won't help us. Yeah. He has the microphone. Oh, he has two microphones. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that was Prabhu. Uh, Prabhu, uh, you mentioned that point about uh, the moon, uh, the descriptions given in Bhagavatam about Mount Meru and the, mm -hmm. uh, the moon being closer. Uh, and uh, that was a wonderful uh, purport and the translation which you actually showed us that it is uh, that as uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead sees this cosmic manifestation, that is how it is. So, uh, I was uh, wondering if there is some way to explain this point to the non-devotees or the mundane scholars because they usually take on these points to dismiss Bhagavatam saying that it is mythology. Yeah, sure. So, they say, see, it was wrong in this count, so obviously the other thing is also wrong. So, Well, uh, it's interesting that you want to t tell them about that. Uh, Mostly my concern is telling devotees about it. <laughs> because a lot of people, I mean, uh, it, it's a nat natural thing. That uh, what I would do when I first read Bhagavatam, uh, I, I, the things that I didn't, couldn't understand or couldn't grasp, I assumed they were true, I just put them in brackets. Uh, and then later on, things would become clear. Uh, even, you know, the, the, the whole Barna system for a long time, a hard time to accept that one. And, uh, uh, and I did the same thing with the fifth canto. 
Well, I put it in, in brackets. And, and Prabhupada, he just never wavered on, on this one. And I said, I mean, when, uh, when the devotees, when the fifth canto came out, people were freaking out. Uh, and we used to say in those days, they were, they were really having crises of faith. And, and what Prabhupada did at the, around that same time was in Los Angeles, told reporters that they didn't go to the moon. And the reason was that the moon is further than the sun. And then he gave an argument they couldn't refute. That Sunday comes before Monday. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And nobody said anything like, what was that? You know, but that was his argument. Sunday comes before Monday. Uh, Prabhupada gave different ways that, that they, they, they were different things. One is, is, is that there's the hoax hypothesis, which is as it's following. The whole thing is rigged, you know, uh, done in special effects studios. One is the hoax. Uh, one was they went to, went to, went to Rahu. They went on Radu instead of the moon. The moon is a heavenly planet. Uh, the, 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 the third one, uh, what did I say, uh, the, the hoax, the wrong, uh, and, and, and uh, I'm just too out of my head. get old, sometimes you lose your train of thought. We haven't seen Earth, you said earlier, right? So yeah, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't even been to the Earth. No, no, no the, 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 oh, the other one was, was, was that, uh, that they could have gone to the moon, but they couldn't enter into the atmosphere. That's right. I'm sorry. So that's true. They didn't enter the atmosphere. Even even everybody believes that. So they could have somehow gone there. And that's why, yeah, well, we haven't even been to the Earth. I mean, people see the Earth differently, too. Uh, now, the question I don't know is, does the way we see the Earth and the, the world around us through our limited senses can you map it onto the Bhagavatam in some way? I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I think there's always room for further research. To me, uh, we need a, a science of biocosmology. The Earth, the, the universe is a living being. I, I happened to, somehow I was looking at some, some medical book, uh, uh, in Sanskrit, you know, parts of it, uh, uh, or at least the translation of one. But the name in the medical book for the spinal column is Merudanda. Mm -hmm. Well, then you okay. There's Mount Meru, and then you have those those like the hip bones, those mountains, uh, and, and so it is a kind. And you have the live hairs. And I think of the devas as sort of uh, neural uh, uh, nexuses that, that, you know, I mean, it, now people have discovered, been digging around in the body for so many years in the West, finally discovered the, the enteric brain. There's so many neurons around your guts that it makes a whole brain system. And, uh, you know, how many other brains there are, nobody has yet figured it out. I mean, When somebody said to Prabhupada, 
once in the role of a devotee, in the role of a modern scientist. But Prabhupada, we haven't seen. He said, what have you seen? He said, the inside of your mother's womb. You know, we are like, what have we seen? What? I mean, if you, if you, if you, look, you, if you look at history, it changes all the time. I mean, history is what happened. Itihasa, you know, it's there in the past. It's fixed. The future is, there, you know, changing. But the past changes as much as the future. Read history books. You know, and you, you, I can take a history book and I can tell you what decade of the century it was written in. Because it's changed. The past keeps changing. They always keep finding new things. As far as the fossil record goes, you know, 80% of it's gone. It's just eroded away. It's not in existence anymore. It's not even there to find. And then they keep finding something new. And, oh, we're wrong about this. Oh, we're wrong about that. Oh, you know. In my lifetime, dinosaurs changed from <laughs> lizards to birds. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, what do we know? That's my first thing. What the hell do we know? Almost nothing. And what we do know is all wrong. Uh, that's my first thing. Sense perception is, is not really very reliable form of knowledge. And lots of philosophers have noticed this. And once you get a little bit remote from immediate, even what's in front of you, you have a hard time sometimes. You know, when eyewitnesses, there's been research about people who have seen an accident in their memories. I mean, people's memories are so crappy. Uh, I'm sorry, you said so bad uh, that, 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 uh, and anyway, uh, it's Kaliyubra. I don't, don't have very high expectations for anybody to understand anything anymore, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not really particularly worried about it. All I can say is this, this is the way the universe appears to the Lord, and I, I would assume the Davis. To some extent, the, 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 the devas are the controlling uh, uh, people in, in the universe. I asked Prabhupada personally, Krishna is all powerful, how, why does he need so many devas to run a universe? And Prabhupada said to me, You don't know how to run a universe, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, Prabhupada always says th uh, uh, 330 million, right? No, 300 million, 32 million. But it's actually 33 crore, which means really 333 million. That's how many devas there are. But to me, it's like a nervous system, you know? I mean, like, like there's, a, there's a whole lot of devas around. Uh, so we, have a, we only see like a little bitty slice of what, what's going on around us. And what we, even what we can see, we get wrong. And it's, it's, it's Kali Yuga. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, it's uh, 2 2 35. The verse is, the translates the verse, the personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, is in every living being along with the individual soul. And this fact is perceived and hypothesized in our act of seeing and taking help from the intelligence by Buddhi. What says Buddhi Adi So Prabhupada says, uh, how you can perceive the Supreme Lord uh, by reason and perception. Actually, the Lord is not perceptible, perceivable by our present materialized senses. Notice he says materialized senses. The senses are originally spiritual and they become corrupted by the use of them in sense gratification. So, by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, we are using our senses. Just when we do japa, there's the tongue, there's the ear. Uh, uh, the tongue is both a karmandriya and a gamandriya. Uh, so, you know, uh, so our material, we're dematerializing our senses. You have to be, you know, the word, the world to a person whose senses are dematerialized will look differently. He can perceive, uh, uh, but when one is convinced of the presence of the Lord by a practical service attitude, so that's how we have to be convinced. There has to be a practical service attitude. In other words, the senses have to be engaged in Christian service. When we see that act of sense gratification is the act of atheism. I am the enjoyer, here's the sense object for me to enjoy. Then God disappears. Even religions that have, uh, you know, sense regulated sense gratification Okay, God is there, but he's over there somewhere. He's up there in heaven. He's very remote. I'll go to him when I die. But actually, his job is remotely to arrange for my sense gratification. Right? It's karma kanda religion. If you really want God to appear there, then we have to use our senses not for our own enjoyment, but for... Christmas pleasure. When we honor Prasadam, we say, oh, this case of good Krishna must have really liked it. I'm not thinking of myself as the enjoyer of this 
you know. I, anyway, all the senses. This is the practical. When Prabhupada says practical service attitude, that I am not using my senses when I am the enjoyer of the result or of the activity. It says so. Then there is a revelation by the Lord's mercy. A revelation just simply means what's there gets shown. And such a pure devotee can perceive the Lord's presence always and everywhere. He can perceive that intelligence is the form direction of the Paramatma plenary portion of the personality of Godhead. So when he uses this term form direction, uh, he, that, that, that he is the form of the Lord by which he's giving us direction. And then he gives a procedure for the common man. Anyway, we, there's a whole thing to go through this. We don't really have the time. Uh, because it takes us through this procedure. Uh, 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 of, of how we are operating. It's very interesting. Here's my hand. I want to move my hand. It goes up. How did I do that? I have not the faintest idea. All I know is this piece of girl, that, that, and it's not me, it's my body. And how does my desire to move the hand and the movement take place? Ultimately, super souls involved. We don't do any of this. And it's not just our own body working. The neurologists are going to have a problem because they run into the super soul gap somewhere. Because they can't figure out how consciousness fits in. I mean, just my ability to undergo experiences. That's what we mean by consciousness. That, that, that. See, 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 this car, pair of car tolls, right? It's a thing in the material world. Uh, I, my body is a thing in the material world, but I undergo experiences. I'm not just an object, I'm a subject. I have significance for myself. This pair of cartels only has significance for others. Who uh, probably said, what is the difference between a live body and a dead body? And, and, and ultimately, it's this consciousness means the ability to undergo experiences, to have significance for myself. And, and, and materially, when you investigate the body, you can do, you never get to consciousness. It doesn't fit in. That's because it's a different ontological entity. It's not a thing. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's consciousness, it's irreducible. And there are these two things that come together to make the world. It's the Krishna's one energy is his property, uh, Bhima property, Asana, and the other energy is the Jivas. And they, they, they come together. One doesn't come out of the other. They're, they're fastened together. And who fastens them together is the super soul. It makes this particular group of, uh, uh, of 
conglomeration of matter relevant to this particular jiva in a certain way that is not relevant to the, the jivas in the other bodies or in, in, in the trees outside or whatever, wherever there are jivas. I, I assume that this table is a swarm of jivas too, with very little bodies, since they're supposedly in the atoms too, you know. Uh, so, so th this, this can't, you just can't get there. I, you keep reading about it all the time. You know, neurologists trying to figure out what is consciousness, and it just doesn't fit together. And that's because it's just a different category of things. Uh, so, Prabhupada says you can feel your own existence then you can feel you're not the body. How can you feel you're not the body? Well, you can feel the hand, the leg, the head, the limbs. Yeah, they're there, but I'm conscious of them. See, there, there, there's, what, there, there's, what I'm, there's the consciousness and what I'm conscious of. The consciousness is the self, and the things I'm conscious of is the not-self. So then what he has to do is draw the boundary back. See, here's the conventional boundary between the self and the not-self, and my skin, right? And we, we say that, you know, oh, I hurt myself. I didn't hurt, I hurt my finger, you know, but anyway. But then you, you, you pull it back, and, and then, then we identify the subtle body, the mind, more with the self. But then I'm conscious of my mind thinking. I'm conscious my mind becomes filled with rage. I'm conscious of my, you know, all of these, these mental activities. So Prabhupada does this using intelligence. You notice how we're discriminating between the, 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 the self and the, the things that are seen, right? The seer is the self and the things that are seen. So you pull back the boundary. And then the, the subtle body, uh, uh, objects of perception, and the, these are all the mind intelligence, and even the ego are all subtle forms of nature. So we can observe the, the, the mind and it's, it's working. Uh, and uh, so he wants to say that, that the, the, the seer is spirit, and the scene is material. And then at this point he says that how do we go through this procedure that we can distinguish what allows us to make this discrimination between the self and the not-self. He says that is super-soul. That is the super-self guiding and supplying us according uh, to these uh, directions. Uh, that it allows us to make that discriminate, discrimination. Uh, and then he says that the self and the super-self can't be on the same uh, level. Anyway, you can go, uh, go through this uh, uh, like this, but uh, uh, the, 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 uh, by this you can really come to first the idea of yourself as being not the body 
which is a certain age becomes very good news. Uh, and, and which is even better news that I'm not the mind. Because the mind is, a, 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 is really, it's got garbage in it that stays there, you know. Uh, I still got part of my mind that can probably, you know, do a, uh, like a 1950s disc jockey and stuff that doesn't quite go away. And then there's stuff we don't know from past lives that are still there affecting us. Because it goes with you. You know, de death means the separation of the soul from the ghost body, but you, you're not liberated from the subtle body at the time of death. And because you still have a subtle body, you get another gross body. So the real liberation is liberation from the subtle body. And, and so you have to start looking at your own mind as, as a stranger. <laughs> Just as my gross body is a stranger, so my subtle body is the not-self. But, but to become a self, that, that personality that we truly are, that just, just like each of us are individuals with our own individual capacity, which comes out in relationship to other people. So similarly, in relationship to Krishna, We've come to find out who we are, <coughs> our, our, our actual relationship as a spiritual being. It develops in that way. We're not like, I mean, it's very interesting if you read the Yoga Sutras or you look at Sankhya Yoga, how you become isolated. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. To, it's, it's kind of an interesting performance of just withdrawing, you know, the, the consciousness away from everything else until you're just really isolated. I mean, the, 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 the non-theistic Sankhya just ends up with a bunch of isolated jivas. And the main thing is they're not suffering. But they're not in any contact with either other jivas or with the Supreme Lord. They're just isolated. That's, that's where the, the non-theistic or atheistic Sankhya takes you. Uh, this kind of process, this is sort of like that. But for us to find out our true selves is, is, is a relationship. It's a relationship with Krishna, and through Krishna, through all the devotees. Prabhupada said in one letter, in the spiritual sky we shall have another ISKCON there. Yeah, without a GBC, I suppose, but... <laughs> Otherwise, you would want to go, but <laughs> but 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 but, but uh, we are we, we are related as a spiritual being. I I I assume the other ISKCON will be in Chaitanya Lila, by the way, because I mean Chaitanya every everybody who was a Chaitanya Bhakta was not a not a Krishna Bhakta. There's Morari Gupta was a Ram Bhakta, so uh, they would have. So we have two positions. Spiritually, one one in, in, in Krishna Lila, one in Chaitanya Lila, and that transcendent Iskand will be in in Chaitanya Lila with, with Prabhupada and all the people who made it back to Godhead. And I and I assume there'll be a stream of people coming. Some people, you know, we had some others will have to churn again a few times, maybe to go back to get there, you know. Yeah. So it'll grow. Yeah.
Yes, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it was very enlightening to know Shila Prabhupada's confidence on the books and then finally opening society for finding the readers mm -hmm. to associate. So that was a good point. Thank you so much. A uh, couple of times or more you actually talked about GBC and my question will be more on that aspect. Uh, you also, here actually, at least we are very lucky to have leadership of Shishita Prabhu where you know, everything is going in good way. Uh, and we like to see more and more times you coming here because, you know, just listening to one purport probably unknowingly would have gone through but not realizing anything out. So please come. That's our request to you more times. So the question was more on, uh, say for example, within when you made a point that just wait for what happens to ISKCON in India uh, and uh, you know whenever small trips we make in India also, you see there's a difference already between how ISKCON Vrindavan runs and ISKCON Mayapo runs and now with so much of inflow of attention, monetary, uh, going in Mayapur also, and slowly Srila Prabhupada's disciples dis disappearing. Mm -hmm. uh, where next generation Srila Prabhupada's gurus are coming, unknowingly disciples, grand disciples, not understanding mood, they're taking, you know, that my guru is the... There are various problems going. You at a GBC level, Prabhu, how are we ensuring that the mood and mission of Srila Prabhupada is kind of intact and polarization of India doesn't happen that way. Uh, I've retired from the GBC. <laughs> I don't know you know that. Right now I've been liberated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did that service for a long time. Um, uh, it's very, very difficult uh, service to do. Uh, and and uh, I, I find out that uh, Individual GBCs are generally appreciated, uh, and the places that know them and their work are generally liked. Uh, when they all come together as a body, they're not liked. <laughs> uh, and uh, I assume probably because it's a legislative body, uh, there's a, a German saying that, that two things don't bear looking at. Uh, what one goes into the makings of sausage and what goes into the makings of legislation. <laughs> so it, it, it's an inherently, a, 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 it's like mission impossible and somehow we're, it's, it, it, it's getting along. But I mean, the one thing the GBC really tried to do is consciously provide for the future. I mean, I know myself from the history of religions that, that when the uh, original, like in Christianity, it, it, they changed when the original witnesses of people who knew Jesus left. It's a, it's a, it's a whole other uh, thing that will happen. And that's when maybe the Gospels got written down. And you see people are writing their memoirs of Prabhupada and, uh, and, and uh, uh, like that. Uh, and my particular, I wrote a book about Prabhupada's position as founder Charya, expressly preparing for this time, you know, when, 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 uh, uh, because, because Prabhupada's position of founder Charya should be as 
firm or even more firm, even for the people that did not personally know him. Because that, that really, that, that found Acharya. Because I, here's how you should think of this con. I said there's another ISKCON in the spiritual sky. That's it. You know, this is one, the, what you see down here is part of it. It's like the training entry level programming to, to get, in, get into the, the real ISKCON. And then, you know, gradually, the, in this ISKCON, there, there'll be some people who are qualified to live in the ISKCON, the spiritual world, that come down. Uh, others who delay going for, for different purposes. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a great deal of overlap. Uh, I suppose, suppose there may be an ISKCON in other planets, too. Uh, Prabhupada said we'll have another ISKCON in the spiritual sky, and I figured some people maybe want to hang out for a while in Indraloka. <laughs> you have to come back down again and go back up. But, but, uh, but, but uh, uh, this, and what I like about the temple of the Vedic planetarium, you know, that, that, is, that is kind of embodies the transition. Uh, it shows us the world as Krishna sees it, or at least a map of the world as Krishna sees it, because the map is still, again, not the territory. Uh, uh, it abstracts from reality, but, but that, that, that shows the path back to Godhead. Uh, and and uh, uh, it should really function. The reason why our cent central temple is in Mayapur is that's where Lord Chaitanya appeared. And Mayapur is not just the place that Lord Chaitanya appeared. Mayapur is itself the descendant spiritual abode. And and and, uh, and, and there is a, a, a transcendent Mayapur of Chaitanya Leela. And I assume that there will be communication back back and forth through the for the future of ISKCON. Uh, Prabhupada has told us everything we need to know, uh, really, to make spiritual advancement. Now, all of us, here, here's, here's the path of Krishna consciousness, right? Here's the beginning, and here's like the, the pure devotee uh, end of things. There's lots of, it's, 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 a, it's a long way. I think for us it doesn't matter so much whether one is here or here or here or here. People will be strung out along this path. The main thing is, wherever we are, what we should judge people by is not where they are on this path. We should just, if somebody is sincerely trying to get better, that person's in good shape. If I may, am I getting so far this way, this direction, up on the path, and then stop going forward. Uh, I can slide back. So the, the thing I should be concerned about as an individual devotee is what do I need to do to make spiritual? What's the next step? There may, if you look at the whole thing, you go, it can't be done. It's too much. But you just, but we, we just take what is the next step? 
And if I as sincerely inquire about it, what's the next thing I need to do? When I pray to Krishna, what's the next thing I need to do to make advancement? You'll know. In fact, you'll know that you always do, but just weren't paying attention. Uh, and, and, and take that step. Just take that step. Just deal with that one step. I mean, I know this is like Alcoholics Anonymous, but really, <laughs> it's good advice. And, and, and as we make advance, we take the next step, things will open up. Huh. And now I see the next step. Take that step. Take that step. And that's really what I need to be concerned with. Some bad habits, some attachments, some whatever it may be. And, and you know, you, you, your life may not be comfortable because sometimes Krishna to show us the next step will you know, grab our cages somewhat and, uh, and uh, let us know things that we not particularly don't want to become conscious of. But go ahead, take the step. But in, anyone who's sincerely advancing Krishna consciousness is a devotee. And, 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 and we should be taking that step. And if we're doing that, we'll also be in a position to help others. And, and, and when we help others, Krishna becomes very, very kind to us, and then and we can also make more advancement that way. And then we'll think, well, not only should I go back to Godhead, but I should try to help bring other people too. That's my advice. And, and uh, yeah, Krishna will take. I, I mean, Prabhupada is. Bhakti Siddhanta had a mission, and to some extent it looks like it collapsed. And, and, and it, he became. Bhakti Siddhanta became a little disgusted with his main preachers. Withdrew them, told the Mars poor, don't give him any money, you know, and, and Bhakti's on the left, the, 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 the Gaudiamans split up into the, the, the different factions. And there was a gap. When they came to the West in 1933, if you look at the look at their what they were doing, that was their, they were so focused on going to the West. Bhakti Santa quickly got temples all over India, a couple in Burma. And then, 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 you know, the next thing was, they were so focused on that. And, and, and they, Prabhupada's watch what he did, you know, that, that, that they had a three-volume plan work in English to bring, you know, the, the Sri Krishna Chaitanya, the Nishikant Sanyali, that, that they brought one book with them when they left. But it was 1933 that they went. 1933, uh, Hitler came to power in Germany. I mean, literally all hell was about to break loose. And it did. Uh, uh, you know, by 1939, six years later, World War II breaks out. And there was a pause. You, you know, preaching was, just everybody had to wait until, you know, how many millions of, 70 million people died or whatever it was. I don't know what was going on, but anyway, that had to happen. 
And, and then there, when Prabhupada came, there was the right time. And basically, uh, he came. Uh, one thing I've learned is Krishna is in charge of timing. And he, you know, Prabhupada castigates himself. I didn't go sooner, but you know, he arrived at the right time. And, and so th that's when it started up. And then, boom, you know, very, very quickly. So there's a rhythm to things. We don't know what, what Krishna. Uh, how, how the plan is working. The more of us that make ourselves Krishna's instrument, uh, the faster things will go. Krishna's looking for the, the, the willing people because he can't force anybody to be a devotee. You know, it, it's freedom. It requires our consent. Uh, he's looking for people to empower, but you have, we have to make ourselves available. Uh, and sense gratification is the act of atheism. We're not available for Krishna. And so the more of us do that, so if you're worried about the future of ISKCON, just we should each think, what can I do? What's my next step? And, and, and if we're willing and eager to surrender to Krishna, he'll make, bend heaven and earth to give us all facility. That's, that, that's sort of the practical thing I can come up with in this matter. It's over time now, right? So we should stop now. Anything? Yeah. It's been a life-changing experience just sitting with you for a few hours and hearing what comes out from your heart. And I think also that we don't even realize how much our lives are changing by having Sadhu Sangha. But later on, as we continue with our devotional service, we realize how much effect having the association of a devotee who has realized the knowledge and can present it in a way that we can understand it will have in our lives. So, Prabhupada, we thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts for coming here and holding forth here at, the, at ISV. I did get the numbers from the internet today, but there are a lot of... Do you have the numbers? We'd like to thank all of our internet viewers today. Please, everyone, give them a hand and welcome. And I'm sure all of them and all of us, uh, we can join together in thanking Ravindra Sri Prabhu one more time for coming all the way here and giving us his association. Please.
very enlivened to see such an enlivened and enlivened group of <laughs> devotees here, and uh, especially like Vaisheshika. I met him when he was like 17 or something. <laughs> <laughs> this big, tall guy with huge hands and feet. <laughs> I think my wife showed him how to do arty for the first time. He just received second initiation. Come to do Sangaton in Philadelphia. He's my favorite saint. I told him once that he's revived my faith in book distribution. Yeah. We went through a very discouraging period, at least to me discouraging period. He was probably never discouraged, but anyway, I was. And uh, his book that's coming out is really, uh, I was uh, able to ask him to look at some of it, and it's, uh, it's a great book. He's doing much more for the Sangaton movement than, than I can ever do. Actually, Ravindra Surapu kindly wrote the foreword for the book. Yeah. And to do that, he, he had to read the book. <laughs> He was reading it as it was coming out, actually. We weren't completely finished at that time. But his, his oversight has been invaluable. There's a way in which, uh, when somebody is so refined in their understanding of, of how to communicate in writing, and they're at the same time realized, uh, a few points here and there can actually alter the, the, the meaning and the, the, the tenor of an entire chapter, so he's very kindly uh, altered in a way that makes it more clear and and to come out in in ways that we weren't expecting. Yeah, I didn't mean to screw out any additional meaning. I just thought I saw what was in there and bring it out what you already had. And yeah, bring it out a little more. So that it, it, it was. We felt that Keshe Barney Marge also working on the book, and and over the last few months we developed a really close relationship, closer, we are already feeling close. In fact, uh, when I went to Philadelphia, because some devotees there were working together to help bring up the, the book distribution, and Ravindra Surapuba was the temple president at the time, and also the GBC, and we had a meeting with the, with the council there, and we, we, meaning the Sankirtan team I was assisting, had a lot of requests. And before the meeting, some of them were saying, well, we can't get all these things. It's just too much to ask. But we sat down with Rabindu Surupu and, and the person kept reading off the list, asking, we need a new book room. He would say, granted. He'd say, we need uh, a bulletin board downstairs. Granted. Everyone, he kept granting over and over again. And I looked at him and I said, wow, you're really into this. You're really, he said, I was there. I was there with Prabhupada. I saw what his mood was and about book distribution. He said it was such strength and conviction that it really moved me. I, I, and I felt really indebted to him for that mood. And that's why I asked him to write the foreword besides the fact that it's the stature that he has of being one of the, the, the trendsetters in ISKCON as far as guiding the ideology of our movement in significant ways. And so... 
it's, it's been a, an edifying and very powerful experience working with you. And uh, we hope that this is the beginning of a, a regular and long relationship with you and all the devotees here in our community. One more time for Thank you very much.